Oh, listen, dear one, I am thrilled to announce I have a brand new private coaching container opening up called Full Immersion Coaching. This is you and me working together privately as I become your mentor and soul guide for an entire year, providing you with the full support you need to grow a massively successful and prosperous heart-led business. To get all the details, DM me on Facebook or Instagram or send an email to allison at allisonscammell.com and say, tell me more about Full Immersion Coaching. I look forward to hearing from you. Hello, my dear ones. We have a super, super amazing, love-filled, play-filled, relaxation-filled episode for you today about money and how creating a love relationship with money can bring more money into your experience. And we're going to be exploring with my amazing guest, Sarah McCrum, exactly how to create that love relationship. And before we dive deep into this topic, I would love to share a really amazing review from a listener. This comes from Sabrina Sundari from Canada. I happen to know Sabrina. So thank you from my heart, Sabrina, for this amazing review titled Straightforward and So Helpful. I love the content and length of each episode. Real value, no fluff. Yes, I love that you received that, Sabrina. I love that I can trust there will be high value with each episode and I will have something to think about with my biz. Ugh, just that goes straight to my heart because it really is what I strive to offer you week after week. So truly, Sabrina, thank you so much for the review. And if you, dear listener, are feeling called to give Soul Guide Radio a little bit of love, a rating and review, there are links in the show notes how you can do that. And I'm so, so grateful for you taking a little time out of your day to do that. All right. In today's episode, Sarah and I explore how you can create and foster a love relationship to money and how money relates to our true sense of value. And Sarah shares with us her top daily practice to attract more money and abundance into our life and business. We'll end on an invitation that will have you loving money and money loving you so you can live the rich, abundant, playful, easeful life you are meant to live. So please, please stay with us until the end. Welcome to Soul Guide Radio, a podcast for soul-guided leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs here to bring about change on a massive level. We'll explore how you can activate your big soul mission, amplify your spiritual gifts, and clear the energy blocks weighing you down so you can gain unstoppable momentum in life and business. I'm Allison Scammell, your host and soul guide. Well, hey there, Soul Guide Circle. That is the name of this community of soul-guided leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs. In the Soul Guide Circle, we have big soul missions, and we yearn to earn more, serve more, and grow spiritually along the way. If you aren't already a member, then I invite you to join our Facebook group of over 1,700 leaders and lightworkers who are in service to each other and the planet. Find a link to join on my website, alisonscammell.com, or in the show notes. Today, I had the absolute pleasure of connecting with Sarah McCrum 
on the issue of loving money. Sarah McCrum is an author, educator, and business innovator. She's the founder of Liberate Humanity, which is a place for learning and sharing the skills for liberation of the human spirit. Sarah has spent more than 20 years teaching and coaching business owners and their families. She's the creator of the program Thank You Money, based on the principles of her book, Love Money, Money Loves You. Over 10,000 people have completed courses with Sarah, building a relationship with money that's founded in love, abundance, generosity, and nature. I really learned so much from Sarah today. Her wisdom on this topic is really unparalleled. Please enjoy. I'm so happy you're here on Soul Guide Radio. Thank you very much. It's really great to be here. So cool. So uh, I can see Sarah. She looks like she's warm. She looks suntan. She's in Australia where it's nice and hot. And I'm in the cold, dreary, cold, cold, rainy Dutch spring. And I've, I've got like my warm, warm clothes on. Well, our temperature is dropping. So we're already thinking it's beginning to get cold. But having grown up in the UK... It does, does, there's, there's no comparison. Yeah. No. Oh, well, Sarah and I, Sarah was on my previous podcast. She grows about a year and a half ago or so, if my memory serves. And we talked about the consciousness of money and we're going to be leaving a link to that in the show notes. And today we're talking about, we're continuing the conversation and I'm really excited about it. So I'd love to start with Sarah, something you've said, and I'd love for you to unpack it for us. You have said, when you change your relationship with money, you change your relationship with life. I love that. Can you tell us why this is so? If you think about it for a moment, you know, we, we tend to think of money as notes and coins and bank transactions and numbers and things like that. I mean, often I think we don't really think about it that much. But one of the things that really struck me was that if I wanted to get up out of bed in the morning and go for a walk in nature, which is, you know, feels like a fairly non-financial thing to do. My bed has cost money and my sheets and my duvet have cost money and my shoes and my clothes and my house. And I, I engage with money from the moment I get up in the morning. My parents had to engage with money before I was born to make sure that they had the right bedding and all the stuff I needed as a baby. Somebody will still be dealing with my money after I die. And, and so what I, when I started to look at money more closely, I realized how embedded it is in every aspect of our life. And we so take it for granted. And when I started to look at our relationship with money, which is really the heart of the work that I do following a, a kind of conversation with money, I, I wrote a book where money was talking to me. And I, we probably talked about that in our last podcast. So I started to look at what money really is. And, and I found this, this energy that is very generous and very beautiful and very, it's like always looking out for us. And it, in a way, what I discovered is that it's an energy. It's like it hears our wishes and it's, it kind of helps to deliver the wishes. It sounds really weird, but it really is more like that. And if you think about it, your wishes, the wishes of your heart, the desires of your soul, the things you really long to experience as a human being, those are the things that that energy responds to. Sometimes 
cash is involved, real money. And sometimes it's more like we're talking about manifestation, for example. It's that same energy that is somehow linked with money. So it really then links with the heart of what you're here for, what you're experiencing on this planet this time around. Like, I really want to experience this amazing thing. In order to manifest that, there's lots of things and money will be a part of that. There's lots of things that need to happen for whatever it is that you choose. Mm, that's so beautiful. I've noticed in my business something, I would say it kind of, I noticed it starting in 2020 and then it's like happening more and more and more as we're getting a kind of a higher consciousness on planet and higher vibration. I'm noticing this trend. And I want, I'd love to get your perspective on this where I'm doing my marketing. I'm doing my normal thing. I try to do really soul guided aligned marketing where I can, you know, show up at my best and it's fun for me and it serves my people. And that's all been good. But then I noticed that, you know, I don't always get, you know, the, the sales and the clients from those marketing efforts, but yet the, the sales and the clients are coming from some completely other place. Like it's just they, they're dropping out of the sky from, from over there. And I wasn't even looking over there, but I feel like if I wasn't doing that marketing and creating that content and being service to my people, the people wouldn't be falling out of the sky from that other place. I didn't even like, wasn't even looking at. So what I mean is like we're creating value in the world, but the money is seems like for me more and more, it's not coming back to me the way I expect it to. But yet when I'm aligned and I'm in this love relationship, it's coming back. Yes. Well, it's coming to you. It's coming to you. I, I, that's such a beautiful example. And in, in my book, money actually talks about that. And it says that so often when people want some money or they, they want to manifest something and then they think, oh, it's supposed to come from here. So they get very, very busy over here and they don't even notice what's happening over there. And quite often they miss it. So what I think is great is that you're seeing what's happening over there while you're doing this. Like, you know, people talk about marketing and marketing spend and, you know, of all this and analytical stuff. And yeah, maybe there's some value in it, but my experience is, is like yours. Like if you are generous with what you're doing and you're generous towards yourself and your expectation that money and all the other things you need will come to you, you don't cut yourself out. You're generous to yourself. Where it comes from doesn't matter terribly much. It's actually rather a beautiful thing and they don't have to be. I give you and you give me back. It can be, I give here, I receive there, I give there, I receive there, all different places. And to me, that's a beautiful thing because it means that people who perhaps find it hard to do the transactional stuff can still get money if they're willing to open up to receiving it somewhere else that's less transactional. Yes, I love that. And I love the idea of being generous with yourself and not cutting yourself out and the listeners of this podcast are soul guided entrepreneurs. We're in service to each other, the planet. And I think, you know, we, I, I do remember us talking about this in the last episode, but it's definitely worth exploring again, like how we're so, it's so ingrained in the collective that if you want to give back, you need to live like the monk or live, you know, live a very austere. And that's just not the way, right? Yeah. If you cut yourself out, usually, honestly, there are worthiness issues or deservingness issues or other things when we cut ourselves out. It's not just, I'm so generous, I want to give everything. There's usually something saying, I don't deserve anything for myself. All these people deserve everything or whatever it is. There's always a story there. The thing about that is that you literally give a message to money, to the energy of money, like cut me out. And so you will be cut out. And you know what happens then? You actually start to feel resentful. 
But you can't feel resentful because you're a good spiritual person. So you have to swallow your resentment and go on being really, really generous and nice to everyone. It's like, but there's that resentment then turns into bitterness. And I'm, I can say this because I've experienced it. And that bitterness has to go deeper and deeper because you don't want it to show on the surface because you're a nice spiritual person and you go on doing your nice spiritual work. But something is like, there's something not right here. But most people don't want to say, What's not right is that I've left myself out and I need to be open to receive goodness and money and kindness and generosity and all of those things just as much as other people. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. I love that. So let's dig into it a little bit deeper. How can we mindfully change our relationship with money if we've, you know, maybe we grew up in a household where our parents had not a healthy relationship or we we get we get not great modeling all the time with regards to relationship with the, with money. So how can we start mindfully changing our relationship to that which is one of love? Love money, money loves you. The name of your book, I love that title. The way that you do that is start to start to see that money is not what you thought it was. We thought when we grew up that money was notes and coins and amounts in a bank account, and was described in contracts, and all of that stuff. But behind all of that, there is an energy, which is really what money is. The, the, the notes and the coins are representations of the energy. They're not terribly good representations. If you start to look at what money does in the world, it flows around the world. It makes it possible for people to do things like bring up, look after their children and buy clothes and school uniforms and books and food and all of that stuff and a whole lot of other things as well. If we didn't have any money, we wouldn't be able to do those things. We would we, we would have to reinvent it, basically, or some different version of it. So money is also a way that I can share my gifts and people can give me freedom in return. So I, I share, I, I'm let's say I'm good at teaching people about things. People give me some money. They don't give me their cows and their sheep and their or their books, they give me money, which gives me freedom because I can do whatever I want with that money. I can spend it however I like. They're not controlling what what I do with the piece that they give me. That's a really beautiful thing if you think about it. The more of that freedom that circulates through our society, the better society we have because we have this society that's generous with freedom. Rather than generous with just goats and sheep, the old bartering thing or shells or whatever it is, but generous with this representation of a kind of freedom where I'm saying you can do what you want because I'm going to give you this representation of energy and you can use that energy in whichever way you like. When you start to look at it that way and then you look at big flows of money that go all the way around the world, you see it's an incredibly powerful energy. And then what, what what's helpful to understand is you can talk to that energy. It's You can think of it like there are real beings there or this, it's a real thing. It's not imaginary. You can talk to it. You can have conversations. You can ask questions. You can relate to it. And then you start to have a look at your relationship. So is your relationship like the neighbor you never spoke to or that person you just want to ignore all the time? You turn, you know, you turn away from it every time it's mentioned. But what is your relationship with money like? The way you behave towards money. Does that make a good relationship? And you know what's a good relationship. Everybody knows. Like if you had a partner and you treated your partner the way you treat money, would you have a good relationship? When you start to think about money in these different ways, then you start to change the way you think about it and feel about it and 
act around it. And that will ultimately change the way that you receive it and also what you do with it. Oh, that's lovely. I I love that. I would love to ask you from your experience, if you could share an experience from your life where this happened, where you noticed that your, you weren't treating money so well, and then you changed your relationship to it, and then things started to show up in magical or unexpected ways. There's a pattern that I've been through several times, and many people will find, you know, you have a pattern that seems to be yours. You keep repeating it at different levels. But I I can describe it when I remember it most graphically. I was about to leave Australia, where I was living, to go traveling. And we didn't have even enough money to buy our first ticket, literally. And it was probably a couple of months out. We kept talking about it, but we didn't have any money. And what I did in that situation is what, what, what anybody would do. I bought all the cheapest things in the supermarket. You know, I was always looking for the red labels that showed the discounts and things like that. I just kind of cut back on everything, which is a totally rational and sensible thing to do. But it was really weird because I just, whatever I did, I just was earning the minimum. I was paying the rent and paying, you know, food or whatever. And that was it. And I, we didn't have money for the tickets. And we were about a week away. We, we were letting go of our house, the rental house. So we literally would have nowhere to live. We were due in New Zealand on the Friday evening. It was the weekend before. We hadn't got any money. It was like, what on earth are we going to do? And I started to realize what I'd been doing. When I spent all that time looking for the cheapest I could possibly find, I was saying to money that the, like, the message that I'm giving is that I'm not going to do anything for myself. I'm not taking care of myself. I don't invest in myself. I just find the cheapest of everything. I Really, it gives a survival message. All I'm doing is surviving. And so that's what I got. I got surviving. It was like three months. It just went on and on and on. And when the moment I realized that, I probably went out and bought just a couple of things that were maybe a couple of dollars more expensive than the cheapest I could possibly buy. And that started to, to change the dynamic. Then I came up with an idea for a course on Saturday and it was out by Sunday and it was selling by Monday and by Friday, by Thursday, I had the money actually in my bank account to be able to buy tickets. And from there, I went traveling for six months, still making money as I went along. But the key for me was that shift from I'm surviving to I care about the quality of my life. And I think this is one of the biggest lessons we can learn. The more you care about the quality of your life, the more the energy of money will respond to your desire for quality. If you just think about being broke or about being not having enough money to pay your bills or about surviving, that's what you will get. And it's really hard to see through your own blind spot. Yeah, what a great example. That is amazing. I love the message. I care about the quality of of my life. And you you bring to mind something that just happened in my business. So you know, I think we think when we launch our business, oh, we just want to make this amount of money and then it'll be good. And then you make that amount and then you start to hire people. Then all of a sudden you have more expenses, you know, and like the, will there be enough question doesn't ever seem to really go away completely, no matter how much money you're bringing in, or that's just a question that you have to be keep in check, you know, with yourself. So I've noticed that with my business, it's making more, I'm hiring more people, there are more expenses. And I have the way I set my business up. I have two quarters out of the year. I do most of my sales and two quarters out of the year are my light months. Like I take one quarter off completely. And then my first quarter of the year is a light month. And then I do most of my sales in the second and the fourth quarter. 
why is this relevant to this conversation is that I kind of noticed in the first quarter of this year, I kept telling my staff, no, don't buy that. You know, keep our expenses down. This is our lean quarter. Oh, you're, you're at your hours and you want to add more hours. Oh, I really need the help. But no, no, no. I'll just do all your work for the rest of the month. And I got into this mentality and I thought, this is probably not helping my business of this like, oh, it's a lean month, you know. Well, because you give that message and what would be much more interesting probably for you would be to know that it can be a lean month. So you don't want to go and spend money that will leave you then short at the end of the month. So we have to be prudent and sensible at the same time, but keep it open that something surprising could come in, that an opportunity could come in that you would actually love to take and you would no longer want it to be a lean month. And you'd say, wow, this would be great. Let's do it. So you could keep it open that if it's a lean month, it just happens to be a lean month and that's fine. But there's a possibility that you could make money in a way that you haven't predicted. And why not? Why not? Right. And I just, I also noticed in my business, like, I don't, I don't like that. That didn't feel good to me. Even having that thought, it's a lean month. Like, I don't know. It's something that felt like just, that's not how I want to be in my business, no matter what time of year it is. Right. I've done exactly the same thing. I've done it quite recently. Actually, it was kind of like my newest version of the same cycle, really. And it's like, oh, I'm expecting that to be a little bit more difficult, whatever. And, and I've just created that reality completely for myself. And if I had said, okay, we've just done our big launch. We've just, so, you know, this next couple of months, we're not going to be bringing in so much money. So how could we bring in more without having to go and do another big launch? Cause I didn't want to go and do another one. How could we bring in some more and have a more peaceful time, for example? And, and when you start saying, I want this and I want this and I want that, the money energy loves that. And when it says, Oh, I can't have that because it's like it goes to sleep, really. I love that. I love that. So yeah, I'm not going to do a launch this month. And how can I bring in more and? Like the yes and, I think that's so, that feels so much better. And just be aware, you know, sometimes I've done that or I've tried to do it. I find if I try to do it, it doesn't work very well. When I'm just really spontaneous and natural, yeah, like I just really want it like that. Then it works really well and it'll often surprise me. But the minute I get into the trying thing, I, I feel a little bit earnest. It's like I'm really trying to talk to money the right way and all this. That's a killer. But it doesn't matter because I learned something from it. And I think that's really important is what I found is that this money energy really works and it really works under the principles that it really showed me in the book. Sometimes I don't get it right and that doesn't matter. Yeah, It's okay. It's really okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you just said such an important point about like not forcing it or, you know, trying to, I think, I think like when we're like, it's a lean month and I want money to come in from another source. It's like there's a, an attachment there, which money never seems to like. I've noticed that with when I'm in this sort of love and juicy love energy with money, there is often an element of play. And I think you kind of tapped into that just now when you're like, it's not forced. It's just when it comes to me, you know, it's like spontaneous. I feel like there's this element of play there. Like it's just like, there's a playful energy to it. So can you tell us a little bit how money likes play or have you uh, noticed that? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I think money's quite funny, really. There's some of the chapters in my book when I wrote them because it was like I was just writing and it was like money was talking through my pen and I would read them back and they would really make me laugh. Like it's 
it's actually funny, kind of quite charming in some ways. And what I notice, for example, I, I talk a lot about beautiful requests, making a beautiful request. And the reason I say a beautiful request rather than a request is because a beautiful request is when you you say, I, I really want something, or sometimes I just say to money, please give this to me. But it's something that lights you up. It, it's it's like a request from your soul or your or your heart. It's not coming from your head like, oh, I really need another $10,000 to pay my bills this month. It's more like, hey, money, please, can you sort that out for me? And it's like, wow, that would be amazing if you'd just do that. So the feeling, and you smile, you can't help smiling. That's a beautiful request. That is so light and so easy for money to fulfill compared to the, oh God, I really need an extra $10,000. How am I going to make it? What have I got to do? That's really hard work and you will have to do almost everything. But if you have this playfulness in yourself, money will deliver in a playful way. And, and that's just such a, such a delightful experience. It is super delightful. I love that. That beautiful request lights you up. You can't help but smile. That's really cool. I've also noticed when I'm in a real aligned energy with money, there's an ease to it. I I was going through a little bit of a dry spell in my business, which I hadn't had for a while. So it's like you said, when you grow to the next level of yourself, it's a lot of the same stuff, but you just have to relearn it or re-experience it in a different frequency. And I'm like, wow, I haven't had a dry spell in my business for a long time. And I I was okay with it. I never got freaked out or I was in sort of a, huh, what's going on? And I realized that I had, I wasn't adding enough play. I was just doing the things which had worked before. And I had kind of, you know, it's like, well, it worked for before, so I'm going to do it again. But I was missing this element of play. So I started bringing the play back in. And then literally two clients came, fell out of the sky and they signed up with me in my one on one, which is my most expensive. And that, that was so easy. Like, I can't even tell you how easy it was. It was just like we met for coffee and they're like, Hey, I think I want to work with you again. I'm like, okay. And they're like, yeah, I just sent a contract over. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> that was literally. And I was like, gobsmacked. Then it happened twice in one week. I was like, oh my gosh. So it was like kind of, a, I felt like a smack on the face that yep. when you're in this energy of love and play and then the ease, it's like sometimes it's just shocking. Yeah. I just think the important thing is not to give yourself a hard time when you're not experiencing the ease. Yeah. Right. Because. We, we usually do a lot of damage at that time. Where I'm going to, okay, I'm going to beat myself up now every single day until, until what? Until I'm beaten up. And then it's, yeah. it's that much harder. Right, right. So, like, sometimes it's harder and that's fine as well. And it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It just means perhaps it's one of those, it's going down a little bit rather than going up. If you want to have it go up sometimes like that, it's probably going to go down sometimes. So if you can be easy with yourself in the hard times and absolutely in my book, money says all the time, he look, why don't you just get it that this is all about enjoyment? It really wants us to enjoy. And I think we really think that we have to be so serious. Yeah. Boring. And that <laughs> thing about, oh, it worked for me before. I'll try it again. I just don't find that works very well. I feel like I have to be fresh. Sometimes I think this isn't fair. Everyone else is doing rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And it's like, I have to every single time come up with something fresh and be really alive. But I think I'd probably, I, I, probably die of boredom if I was only rinsing and repeating. So. <laughs> I am the same way, Sarah. I do. I don't do. And then in fact, when my stuff feels too repetitive, I actually get my team together. I don't know. I don't like the feeling of it. Like, are we getting too repetitive? Like, how can we add this freshness? So I am totally with you. And for listeners out there who like the rinse and repeat, 
go for it because if it works, if it works, hell yeah. Yeah, exactly. But if it doesn't work, then give yourself, I think, give yourself permission to find something fresh. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go into some of us. I have some clients who have some pretty substantial money blocks and they find it really challenging to love money. Like it's just like kind of a little bit of a block there. How can they start to shift their perspective for our listeners who feel quite blocked? I'll talk about, because I deal with this stuff all the time, I'll talk about a few different things. So the first thing, the first layer of blockage goes when you start to relax. I teach people to relax all the time, literally. Yeah, literally. I, I train people to relax and I make them practice every single day. And within, sometimes within a few days, and sometimes within a few weeks, there's a whole layer of blockage that goes away. And I'll explain a little bit. When you relax, and look, I trained for 22 years with Chinese masters. So I'm talking about relaxing your energy, not just physical relaxation. When you relax, your energy channels open up. And what happens is you receive a whole lot of new energy, which is really fresh. And it pushes out old energy, which is the blocked stuff. That is the blockage. So relaxation is the first layer of dealing with those blockages. And then there's another layer that is very important, which is where you get triggered, usually by people. And it can happen a lot in business. That It can be clients, it can be people on your team, whatever, and you get triggered. When you get triggered, that's always a, I would say it's a deeper kind of blockage. It's usually some energy that has got really, you've, you've suppressed it. Sometimes maybe it's associated with something like shame or a real powerlessness and you don't want to feel it. And you so much don't want to feel it that you push it down. And so I found, I, I have a process that we use. What's really interesting is it, it helps people to deal with the trigger, but what it really does is help them to open up their own soul. There's a really simple principle that when other people hurt you, you're hurting yourself in the same way. And so we have this method for kind of uncovering what you're doing to your soul, the way that you are crushing your soul or suppressing your soul, just not letting it shine and sing and do the things that it likes to do. And that's really important. And then in business, the third layer that tends tends to come up very strongly for a lot of people is what I call karma. Karma not being the kind of punishment from God type of thing, but more like it's the same principle. You get very triggered and it's because of things that you've done to people in previous lives that were harmful. You actually hurt people and you never resolved it, which is very understandable. We were pretty primitive. And that unresolved energy lives on in you now. And you'll again experience it in relation to yourself. So people who sabotage themselves a lot or get sabotaged a lot usually have a big issue with karma. And again, we have a process. So we actually run through this process, which releases that and it frees your soul and it frees you to instead, like that karmic stuff can make you feel like it's like your engine has got brakes on it. And you can't move forward. It's a horrible, horrible feeling. It's like you're literally sabotaging yourself or being sabotaged by other people. And that stuff then starts to resolve itself. And then your, your engine can keep going all the time. You don't get stopped. You know that? I don't know if you ever have it, but I've had a lot of it where I'm just tootling along doing really well. And suddenly something comes along and it hits me. It's like, what? I, I, I can't move forward anymore. That stuff gradually stops over time. And I think those are the, th- the main three layers of 
blockage and sabotage that get in the way of business owners and especially people who are in this space of doing good fundamentally that we really need to deal with those blockages Mm, yeah that's so beautiful so we're starting with relaxation is first and foremost and yeah i see that you know when getting back to my conversation about the ease when the two clients dropped in my lap it was after a period of disease where i was kind of like where are the clients this isn't working anymore. <laughs> and then I did like one of the first things I did was I went, I just relaxed. I went into relaxation, just as you're talking about. And you open up and you start to receive. Yeah. Beautiful. And you start to get rid of the garbage as well, which is great. Yes. That's uh, always very, very good. How yeah. you, you've talked about how money relates to our true sense of value. Can you explain how that works? Yes. The relationship between money and value is really fascinating. I've actually been teaching about it recently, really pushing people to start to look at value. So there are two different elements to this. So one is the value of you as a human being on this planet, which really is infinite. If you start to think about it, there's no way you can put a value on your head. But most people don't see themselves as very valuable. They don't get that sense of the infinite value of their being and the, and the sacredness, if you like, of their being. And so they see themselves as rather small. They devalue themselves. And it's not about seeing yourself as, oh, I'm amazing. I'm so awesome. It's really not that at all. When you see the infinite value of, of you, it's a very, it's kind of just like, it, it, it makes you, it allows you to be you. It allows you to drop into yourself and be yourself and do your thing, whatever that is, and get on with it. So that's one piece, because when you're able to do that, you're free. You're not hampered by the blockages, by the emotions and all the things that hold us back in business. So you can actually get on and do what needs to be done, create what needs to be created, serve in the ways that you serve and do something amazing. Then the other piece of it is around value that turns into money, where we have to put a value on our product or our service that somebody else agrees with. So that's not just about the value of the product, like this thing here, this phone here. It's like the even uh, Apple's not a terribly good example because they do have rather fixed pricing. But if you think of a mobile phone, there are many different prices for mobile phones and they don't always relate to the features on the phone. And there are many different prices for coaching, for example. And so when we're looking for that price, there isn't the right price that price is a negotiation essentially between you and your clients. So if you have clients that have very little money, even if you do tremendously valuable coaching, you can't charge much for it. If you have clients who have a lot of money, even not very good coaching sometimes seems to me to be paid. People get paid a lot because of the client. But then there's the other piece. There's, there's how the client values you, but also how you value you. So if you don't value yourself very much, you're going to put yourself out there at a really cheap price. And if you really value who you are and what you do, and you do it well, I'm not talking about cheating anybody or cheating yourself. You really do a good job and and you share that and you really value it. You can command a higher price for your work because of the value you place in yourself. So money and value kind of play these beautiful, there's, there's a beautiful kind of dance between them that you can explore in many different dimensions. And it's it's really fascinating. That is fascinating. And I, I really agree, you know, in coaching so often it's, you know, your pricing is 
it's it's very, you know, you, you set your price. And it's something I definitely teach with my clients. Like the more you own your value from a place of truth, not this yep. fake it till you make it kind of thing, but really owning the value of your amazing, extraordinary gifts, which are very valuable. You know, your prospective clients just feel that they feel they feel the value as you talk about it. Something that might be worth mentioning here, I've started to notice this just recently, actually, that there are are a few people I'm now aware of who've been coaching probably for 30 years or something, and they are beginning to influence huge business decisions, like huge, and many of them very forward-looking, not traditional business, but really very conscious business. I'm seeing myself in that situation where instead of being a coach is always the kind of cheap appendage to things who gets a bit left out on the side. I'm actually the, the skills that I've developed through my coaching are so core to business that I'm able to stand right in the center of a business opportunity. And therefore there's a tremendous, tremendous amount of financial value that will also attach to that. I'm seeing other people as well. You know, these are people, they're older, very experienced, very committed. You know, they've really really put in the hard yards over many years. And there is a a rich reward for that. And I think it's fine that it doesn't all come when you're 35 and you haven't got much life experience. Like, why does it all need to come? Why, Why not build up and get better and better at it? But it's nice to see that beginning to come through because I think before coaches, like, you know, it used to be like, oh, I don't even want to say that I'm a coach. Yeah, that's right. Embarrassing word. Yeah, 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 definitely. That's such a good example of that. Oh, Sarah, this has been such an amazing conversation. So I have a few more questions and then I'm going to invite you to let folks know how they can get a hold of your book and how they can connect deeper with you. But before we go there, I would love for you to share with us, what is your top daily or weekly practice that you share with your audience members to foster a love relationship with money that enables money to arrive in greater abundance? Is relaxation. I relax every day, every single day. And I teach everybody else to relax every single day. To me, that is the underpinning of everything else. When all is lost, relax. Nice. Yes. And also when all is found, when everything's working really well, it's also a good time to relax. relax. Exactly. <laughs> Beautiful. I love that. And can you leave our listeners with an invitation? So that's inviting them to do something, be someone, inviting them anywhere you want them to go. The most enticing invitation for me is to find the way to be you and to operate in the world, to operate in the economy, to do business and do it as you. So you don't have that feeling, oh, I've got, I've got to put this hat on or I've got to put that hat on or I've got to be somebody in order to do what I do, and I have to put on this kind of special pretense, just let go of all of that and find the freedom to be you with your beauty and your ugliness, like all of it, the whole package. To me, the invitation to find that, that's the invitation to life. Mm, yeah, that is a beautiful invitation. And one that I think in the context of a business is really going to start to attract your ideal people into it. Totally. Totally. Yes. Oh my gosh, Sarah, this has been an amazing conversation. Very timely for me. Like I definitely needed to hear some of these messages today. So on a personal level, thank you. And tell our listeners how they can find you, how they can get their hands on your amazing book. 
Well, I'm actually just relaunching my book, which is very cool. And I've added a few chapters in at the end specifically for business people. In many ways, the book is about our personal relationship with money, but it's not at all. It's totally about business. So there's this extra section in there. And I've also got some special like relaxation, help you, help you relax in your relationship with money, some special recordings that you can get. So the name of the book is Love Money, Money Loves You. It's on Amazon and, and other online bookstores. That's really the place to start. My website is sarahmccrum.com. Beautiful. And we will leave those links in the show notes. And Sarah, I just can't thank you enough for, I know it's evening your time. It's morning my time. So I'm, I'm happy we've, we've found it's always a challenge to get the time zones working out and we're in daylight savings time. So, you know, that adds an added complexity, but I'm so glad we figured it out. And thank you. Thank you from the heart for sharing your wisdom with us today. And thank you. Thank you so much. It's just so nice to be able to talk about all of this stuff. Yay. And I want to thank you so much, dear listener, for tuning in and being part of the Soul Guide Circle community. I am so grateful for you. And as always, until next time, may your soul guide the way. Are you ready to fill your business with soul clients in the next 60 days? Then download my free energy upgrade meditation to amp up your energy frequency, dissolve the doubt, and attract the soul clients you are destined to serve. Find a link to download on my website, allisonscammell.com, as well as in the show notes.